We're joined by our crime specialist, former homicide detective Mark Mendelson. Good morning. Good morning, John. Okay, so let's start actually with a 16-year-old boy somehow injured. Uh, he was one of three suspects in this slashing at the Spadina station. And apparently he was taken in along with the two other suspects. And somewhere along the line, he ended up complaining of some sort of an injury and he was taken to the hospital. But what do we know about this case? Well, we go back to the weekend and, and the uh, Spadina subway station and a woman was randomly attacked there. And during that attack, uh, a sharp edged weapon, as the police described it, uh, uh, was taken out and she was hit in the head. There were three suspects, uh, two males and one female. Fast forward to yesterday and there's a call for service um, in a, a sort of a, a condo complex in, in Etobicoke for a suspicious person in, in the in the hallway. And the police arrive and uh, they're met up with uh, with this young man. And during the course of their interaction, he takes off uh, and then it quickly they find out that he's with another another boy and a girl, essentially. And then he pulls the great move of pulling out a machete on the officer. Um, never a good move. John, I know. Always a good strategy. <laughs> always a good strategy. That'll get you far in court. Uh, and then he is eventually subdued, as are the other two. And quickly, the investigation identifies that these three people were the same people that were uh, suspected of committing the crime at the subway station. During the course of his arrest, which didn't involve any weapons, as far as I can tell, uh, there he, he was he was injured during this physical altercation, taken to the hospital. And at that point, the SIU d decided that they were going to invoke their mandate. So they're going to investigate the actual interaction between the officer and 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 this now accused uh, young young person. It has nothing to do with the criminal charges that they face. Their SIU will only be looking at the interaction and whether probably excessive force was used or not. Okay. Well, I have to think if you're involved in a crime involving a machete, then there's probably not a great deal of sympathy with the Crown when it, it should comes be a to... quick investigation. Bill. Yeah, it should be fairly quick. I suspect. Okay, so it's another case, I think, that we have where a teenager was hit with some sort of a beanbag fired out of a gun. Yeah, just after midnight yesterday, um, police get a call from from concerned citizens about somebody walking around with a knife in the area of King and York in downtown Toronto. And of course they arrive and there they are, they are confronted with an individual who happens to turn out to be, I believe 15 years of age, and he's armed with this knife. And it, what's interesting to note in this case is, you know, police officers have all kinds of use of force options from their mouth, from from their from their verbal interaction, to a physical interaction, to a baton, to pepper spray, to tasers, and then eventually if if necessary and unfortunately deadly force with their firearm the officers in this case had a unique weapon with them which is essentially a shotgun but it does not fire uh, bullets or, or slugs if you will it, it it shoots a beanbag it's a readily identifiable uh, uh, gun because it's painted in orange so that all officers will know without any kind of verbal communication that that's not a not a gun as they know it but it is a beanbag uh, shotgun uh, they use that to uh, to disarm him and to take control of him um, and uh, no harm no harm and no foul uh, in terms of injuries as far as I can tell so he was safely disarmed arrested however 
because this particular weapon is deemed a firearm under the criminal code and it was just charged, then the SIU again get to invoke their mandate. So they will investigate that use of force interaction with the police. But you got to look at it from another way. This could have ended in a much more tragic way. Yeah. The kid's got a knife. We don't know if he's coming at the police. It was a use of force option that was non-lethal and probably not very injurious either. Um, so it, it is, it, it's a great tactic. It's a great tool for police officers. Not every officer in, in, in certainly in, in this city is armed with this, with this weapon because it is the size of a shotgun. You can't just carry it on your hip or over your shoulder everywhere you go. But it's a, it, it's a good example of one of those use of force options that are available that doesn't end up in death. At any time that happens, that's a good day for the police. And Mark, I know it uh, occasionally happens in police training that uh, police officers themselves will submit to being tased or shot at with an object like this. Have you ever been? I have been tear gassed. Okay. And I have and I have been pepper sprayed. And I'll thank you. That's more than enough for me. Tear gas is just it's insidious, John. It gets into your pores. And even the next day, if you're out having a run or, or doing any physical activity and you sweat, it starts to come out of your pores again. Lord help you if you touch your eyes at any point. There's nothing worse. So even a day later, you're feeling the effects of, of this gas. And pepper spray basically has the same type of uh, uh, effect on people, but it's much more short-lived than, say, tear gas. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not fun. I don't recommend it to anybody. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, I have so far, I've been offered the opportunity of being tased and I've taken a pass. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, that's, a, that's a good move. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Well, always wonderful to have you on the show. Have a great morning, John. Good talking to you.